0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, as always, with your host, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, Pete Smith going to join here again. Guys, obviously, you know, we're going through, you know, we had talked about this week at Pro Days. Um, Browns-wise, guys, we'd love to give you something. But look, I mean, you can't say Olivier Vernon, you can't say Sheldon Richardson, you can't say obviously Odell Beckham Jr. and the moves that have been made. You know, look, I'm sure everybody right now the thirst is real and you want more, you want something. But look, a lot's been done at this point. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be some other dominoes to fall. Look, as as there were, you know, with the reserve offensive lineman. Patience, grasshopper. That's pretty much what I can say. So we're going to get into this for your daily delivery of all things dog pound, guys. Uh, in the car, ask your device. Your stereo, ask, play, podcast. Lockdown Browns have the latest episode brought up for you. Um, we had mentioned last night we were going to get into this today. I mean, it was a, a big day of pro days. Um, you know, Lattek not a big day, but a guy in Jalen Ferguson uh, that Pete and I both appreciate the game. We'll get to him. You know, some ups, some downs. NFL Network was down in Tuscaloosa for the Bama Pro Day. Uh, apparently, maybe Bill Belichick beat up a staffer and took an Alabama shirt. Um, we're going to ask why there wasn't much footage in Happy Valley. Um, and this really obviously doesn't have anything to do Browns-wise. Guys, and and I will say this as we keep going further, you know, like we always say, you know, oh, we talk about this quarterback and I'll be so thankful for Baker Mayfield. Guys, as we talk about this running class, oh, be very, very thankful for Nick Chubb because this running back class in... You know, Pete and I—we got a couple of guys we like, but it's not like last year. I mean, like the Sony Michelle, the Nick Chubb debates—they were fun. But at the end of the day, both of these guys turned out to be some really solid football players. This year, I mean, it's you're like a—you know—you're like a blind squirrel trying to find a freaking nut at the running back position. And I guess we'll start it here, Pete. And we've got we. We, we won't go against the major names, guys, uh, on social media. What's the point of it? And, you know, it, it brings back heat. And, look, some of these guys are better well-connected. Sometimes some of this stuff is agent-driven. But Josh Jacobs, Pete, um, they tried to sell us on the fact that it's okay that production isn't there. He runs with a lot of ferocity. And he's vicious. Um, he's going to test pretty well. Pete... There's nothing left. I mean, if you were a Josh Jacobs guy, and whether it was top five or even first round, you better be waving your white flag of surrender right now. Uh, and some, I guess,
1: I would say silence did that for a lot of people today, but there are still some very, very staunch supporters. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah basically saying, He's still going to go in the first round. You know, i I bet what, you know, something along the lines of he'd bet anything that, you know, he'll still go to the top thirty-two picks. And he may well be right. That would be a terrible use of resources. But that doesn't mean it couldn't happen. I would love to see him end up in Pittsburgh or Baltimore or Cincinnati. Um, Another
0: guy. We'll pay half the salary if you need be. We got the extra cap, extra cap. So if you want him, we'll pay it.
1: Right. So, yeah, this was the thing. It was... You know, he didn't have a ton of to tape, but he was really good in the playoff, and he had traits. It's always traits. And then you get to a point like today, and it's like the traits suddenly disappear because you don't have, you know. And so we all do this to some point. I mean, obviously, we were doing this with a guy like um,
0: you're, guilty uh, Justin it, I, you're Justin Lane. You're guilty L- of it. I'm guilty of it. We are at a point. Right. Like, you want to stand your ground for your guy, but it's like there's there comes a time where it's enough enough for us. I mean, granted, it was a late round guy in Khalil Hodge, but that party's over. There well, comes, a, you, know, yeah. you know, Jacob's top thirty-two. That's over. So for me, last
1: year it was Mick and Fitzpatrick at four, Mick and Fitzpatrick at four, Mickey Fitzpatrick oh, four, my God. and then we love him. And, and, and he's great. Uh, don't get me wrong; he is great in Miami. I think he's going to be going to be great in Miami. But you got to a point, and I, you know, I just couldn't defend it. And so for me, you know, and, and you know, people can say whatever they want. It was just look it, how I roll on this. Is if I can't prove it, I'm not going to tell you that you you should take this guy at a certain pick. And 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 that's the difference here. And and these you know they could all be right. J- Josh Jacobs could be you know a franchise running back, and he could be the Alvin Kamara of this year. And and you know none of that stuff matters. But
0: but see, again, and, I, and I, I, just to jump in here, Kamara. He was doing it in the absolute crappiest situation, and it was a limited role. Jacobs was doing it in heaven, and it still just wasn't enough on the field to say top five, top ten. Even if you wanted to say late first round, maybe I'd give you that, but there wasn't enough.
1: You're betting against Nick Saban. I mean, I mean and, and that's not to say Nick Saban is infallible. He's, he is certainly made his share of mistakes. But he's not so stupid, you know, that he's not going to hand the ball to a stud back. We talked about this. He's had three of them. He had Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram, who came away with a Heisman Trophy, and then uh, what's his Derrick Henry. De- Derrick Henry.
0: Who came so, away with a Heisman Trophy.
1: Who came, yeah, I mean, these are guys, when he's had a stud, he feeds the stud. Um, when he hasn't, he's done this sort of, you know, uh, by committee type style and every year there's somebody who didn't get enough carries and people are trying to tell you he's going to be great. He's going to be great. Bo Scarborough, uh, big time fell into that camp and then he tested like shit and suddenly nobody talked about him anymore. Uh, I think Josh Jacobs has more lasting power. He doesn't have the bro, you know. More T.J.
0: Ju- Yeldon. More T.J. Yes. Yeldon.
1: Yes. Um, you know, Bus Scarborough was older. H- I think he had a broken leg, some some significant injury in his time. Uh, I
0: think coming out of high school, he was even, um, I, he might have been old enough to buy alcohol by the time he showed up at Tuscaloosa. Yeah,
1: he was he was much older, but you know, it. T- Typically, you know, this this type of thing would happen, and, and, and sort of the the buzz would just disappear, uh, and and there, it's still there, and and I and I maintain, and I know you've said this, uh, we both believe that Damian Harris is ultimately going to be the better prospect, that he in the NFL he's going to be the better player. Um, we shall see, but. Again, it, 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 if it's it's the difference between what you can prove and what you believe, and what we can prove is there's nothing there on there's very little there on tape in terms of production. There's very little there in terms of athletic uh, testing, and there are certainly backs that have better at both. So, you know, that's that's where that's at, and and, and you know, again, I, I don't. You mentioned Michelle and and Chubb and you throw in Barkley and Penny and all those guys. To me, Josh Jacobs isn't the number one back in this class. He wouldn't even be a guy in last year's class. He would just be you know you know run of the mill back gets picked in round four or whatever. Move on to the next one type deal.
0: And and, and here's the thing. Um, it, there, and I understand, guys. It's okay to say, hey. This class doesn't have a first-round running back. I don't think it does. And it, it, it wouldn't be the first time. And, you know, when you say, you know, this guy, you know, and got, look, you saw the mock drafts and you saw the mention and there was a lot of Jacobs to Tampa Bay at five. Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, and look, you know, Leonard, whether or not he deserved to be there, that's his story did for not, And, of course, you know, Saquon Barkley, all these guys. Is I mean, these guys, you saw... I mean, and if you just want to go Elliott and Barkley, they dominated in everything they did week in, week out. And I don't care that it's Alabama where there's five stars, you know, 100 miles deep. This guy just, it it wasn't there. And then uh, there was some intern from Barstool today showed him catching a swing pass. Um, He he catches a
1: real nice swing pass.
0: Yes, with nobody from the (laughs) – and and let's keep in mind, guys, um, how many Oklahoma defenders have Pete and I talked about draft-wise this year? Um, Yeah, zero. Um, Yeah, so he makes it all the way down to the three, and he trucks some kid. And, And this is always the thing. Josh Jacobs finishes a run by dropping some dude. Really, really good players, what do they do? They juke that dude out of his jock. Look, he's a good player. He's going to be in the NFL. I don't know. There's not a running back worthy of a first-round grade in this class, and that's fine. You're very heavy defensively. Just It's okay. Just just admit it, and let's go forward with that. You don't have to keep trying to make something at it. He, he doesn't measure up athletically. Uh,
1: and that's that's going to be a theme with Alabama this year. It, 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 was it not. is truly Queen of Williams and, and the rest.
0: And the one guy who misquestioned, uh, because I got a response to this, the one guy who misquestioned Pete's tweet today, that was the point. Quinnen Williams is the dude of this Alabama group. Everybody else, you know, look, if you want to say down year for the SEC, yeah, it's looking like a real down year for a lot of the SEC and the power schools. Well, I
1: mean, with that, it's, you know, the dudes who Alabama has are still at Alabama. They've got some... Legit talent.
0: I mean, we are going to we are going to wax poetic about that wide receiver group next year. Yes,
1: I mean Judy and those guys catching passes from, from Tua for another year, right? So like, it's not that Alabama was a bad football team. It's just Queen and Williams was the freaking franchise, and then everybody else was a sophomore or freshman.
0: And we talked about this. Nick kind of changed up what he was doing. You know what? Everybody scores fifty a week. I want to score fifty a week this year. Let's do that. We're going to recruit those types of guys. But I I, I don't want to go. Much more deeper on this. Guys, iTunes, rating reviews, leave the five stars, leave the written reviews. You guys have been fantastic with that. Um, I appreciate it. It helps with the show's growth. You guys, you know, we're having a lot of fun here. This is the part where me and Pete can put our input in. And, you know, look, we're going to have some L's, and we know that. And we'll even get Pete to admit some losses here. But we've had a pretty good run so far. And, yes, I'll keep retweeting every time somebody says, Wow. Justin Lane is a guy who's rising. I've talked to so-and-so today. But, yeah, those iTunes reviews. Keep those coming for me, guys. Pete, another popular name down there, and, and I guess we will get to we'll, we'll hear. I guess we'll go with this one. Deontay Thompson, and I keep thinking of the, uh, <laughs> the, you know, I forget the song and where it came from, and I always use it with these types of guys, is, You can run, but you can't hide. And even if you know, and you know, I give Jacobs and his camp credit, his agent and those—they didn't throw out an injury excuse today. They could have easily just chose to test on April second when uh, Deontay Thompson is gone going to test. But you can't run from this forever. Forever. I mean, we're gonna need something soon, kid. Yeah, Deontay Thompson
1: uh, and I believe Christian Miller. Uh, Christian they, Miller.
0: Have, I don't think this is either way. I mean, Christian Miller is a you know. 100 to 150 play. You know, he's not the name here. Deontay Thompson was a guy you saw top ten, top safety in the yeah, class, and did. we know nothing on this kid other than his weight kind of fluctuates.
1: Right, and and he was putting a conversation, you know, like Micah Fitzpatrick was last year, and he's not Micah Fitzpatrick. Um, and 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 it was so much. It was assumed he was going to be the guy at safety. Um, this year, and the kid from LSU is going to be the, the group next year, it was uh, it was never really considered that, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Juan Thornhill, uh, Jonathan Abram, uh, you know, Saquon Hampton, all these guys were sort of just put to the side that it was just, it's going to be Deontay Thompson. And it's just not there, uh, at least from a production standpoint. I don't think it's really there from a film standpoint. We shall see, you know, Uh, What happens on the second of April? Uh, You know, it's if he goes out and he's great and he weighs well and everything goes great, people will immediately discount it. But this is one of those things where you see this, um, and and there are people in the NFL who, even if they're not going to say it publicly, or guys who are who have been in the NFL who always who do think, you know, that's what's happening is, is a guy is sort of hiding from this and. We shall see what happens. But, yeah, it's Deontay Thompson, obviously a big name. Christian Miller obviously had an injury. Uh, you know, wh- I, again, I think he's a relatively mediocre prospect that some people really like. I've seen him talked about as high as round two. I, again, I can't justify it, but, you know, I think this is going to be a theme. And, and the linebacker, uh, Mac Wilson, Wilson. he didn't test very <laughs> well, and he didn't produce. And that's the thing is is – People get into this conversation, well, there's so much talent, it's so hard to get tackles and, and this and that. C.J. Mosley was a stud at Alabama in terms of production and in terms of getting that solo tackle market share. Mac Wilson did not. Um, the kid that went last year, who went to the Titans in the first round, did not. Um, he had an iffy first year, and the guy who had all the, the tackles this year was Quinn Williams. I mean – on some level you just have to acknowledge the fact that there's a reason guys produce you, you can't get away from that reality does it happen where a guy gets you know weirdly shortchanged in that area sure but if you're actually looking for a good or at least better correlation to success in the nfl guys who produce are more likely to be successful at the next level it's hard for me to sit here and go, a guy who wasn't a stud in college is now going to be a stud in the NFL. That's just, it, it you know, it logically doesn't make sense. So not a great day for Alabama. They will have better starting next year. Um, but, you know, this is not, you know, the, the, the banner year they were hoping for.
0: And look, it's not going to affect the program, but it, it's just the reality of what it is. And, you know, I, we'll go to a name like Devin Bush, a guy we keep talking about. His production was not; it was good. It was not elite, Pete. But then, you know, if you want to make the excuse of there's other guys around you, and then he went up and tested, like a goddamn defensive back for Christ's sakes. And you know that's what is going to work, and that is what is in play. I mean, you know, Mac Wilson, well, you know, four seven two, and and here was the other thing, and it did with Jacobs, everybody. You know, you saw four six five, four six six, four six seven, and then other people. Just trying to round it down. Oh, 4'6". Wait a minute. I mean, you can't go that way. Um, and, and this is the thing. If you were invited to the NFL Combine and you were healthy, run. Because these Pro Day 40s are all over the freaking place. And we're going to get to it with Jalen Ferguson. It's it, it it's a train wreck where they're all over the place. If you were healthy and you were at the NFL Combine, you better be ready to run. Because obviously it looks like you're hiding.
1: Yeah, I, well, I, you can't underestimate how much stress is on the combine because you have not you have not gotten to sleep the way you want to sleep. You're getting up and the somebody's at, you knocking
0: on your door at eleven o'clock. Exactly. Yeah,
1: you, you're you're up all night because you're you know you had to go do the medical stuff. You're doing interviews. You've got all the stress of these things, and then you know you got to wake up and it's got to you know it's got to be there. Whereas the pro day. You know, you you know, you wake up in your own bed, so to speak. You nobody's bothering you. It is entirely set up for you to succeed. Um, you know, even well, people. what happens
0: don't... when you don't?
1: Right. So you know, and that's why you'll you'll sometimes see uh, you know you'll you'll see some uh, people apply a tax to forties um, and stuff run at at pro days. So like some people say an extra point oh five. Some people say point one. LSU, I think .25 is about right.
0: Um, (laughs) If not more. (laughs) Yeah,
1: them and Virginia Tech are two of the most notorious in that respect. But it's, you know, again, this is part of the reason I stress. And, again, if you are injured, fine. But this is part of why I will always stress, and I always applaud agencies who encourage players to do this. Go to the combine. You have a great day or a great couple drills, done. Done. Just move on to the next one. You you know you don't have to worry about it. If you do have a great day, all around, you kick up your feet and do nothing but focus on being a football player again. Like what the worst thing you want to be is an offensive lineman trying to nail a forty at the pro day uh, instead of just being sitting, having an extra month just working on being an offensive lineman. You don't want to sit there worrying about sprinting and how many steps are in this thing and all this nonsense that. You know, Say what you want. The 40 matters, but it's not really a football drill. You want to be able to be done, so you're sitting there doing nothing but working on football. And I do think that's an inherited advantage. And the other inherited advantage is that agencies are, and, and, and groups representing and training academies and all that are smart is if you do knock out that stuff, they can really focus on getting these guys to be able to rest their bodies mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to ramp, 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 ramp. And what can happen with that is you get guys who deal with stress fractures – or you get guys, you know, who are basically taking, you know, the from the beginning of camp of their their senior season or their last year in college, and basically going to about eighteen to twenty months straight of doing nothing but football uh, with almost no rest for the body and the pounding that that takes. That that does lead you to some significant risk for injury, especially if you're like a tailback. Uh, who's making your money by getting hit, that that's tough. And you do see guys and, – and, and, and people talk r- about the rookie wall. I think that's a big part of it is that these guys have just gone so hard for so long that suddenly you're getting beat on by NFL players for the first time in your life. And you do get to week 10 and, and, and 14 and, and potentially into the playoffs. And you're just beat. So you do have to take that into account right? and you get injured or whatever unfortunately and then you come back better rested because you didn't have to do all that offseason nonsense like for the first time and you know and again 18 to 20 months you are actually getting to get off your feet and really rest your body and, and do the things uh, that are good for you know are good for you good for your longevity as opposed to man my quad doesn't feel right but I have to keep going.
0: Because to, I didn't do I well it, enough up until this point. Yeah, but,
1: I have to hit that number because it, you know, there is money on the line. So, yeah, it's 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 a meat market in that sense. It's unfortunate, but that's how it works.
0: Well, I mean, you, you know, you're the best of the best to go to the highest. I mean, it's no different than anything else in any other realm of life, and you know, work and whatever. Um, I guess, Pete, uh, before we get to what should have been the televised pro die today. Um, our guy, Jalen Ferguson, and, and here's the thing guys, um, six, four and a half, 271 and, uh, you know, nine foot nine broad jump, um, a running back that everybody really wanted to say was going to be, you know, top five, top 10, nine foot four broad jump, but not the day I think either one of us were hoping for still like the game. The production is huge here. Um, the round one aspirations for a guy like Jalen Ferguson are now over, but look, the guy in, you know, he's going to get drafted in a spot where he's a situational pass rusher to start. Still a good player. Um, could have put the cherry on the top. That didn't happen, but you know, obviously maybe, you know, the brother got, you know, those genes, but Jalen Ferguson and, uh, big props to Patrick Claibon from NFL Network. I, you know, I don't know how it ended up. Uh, I know Patrick's maybe from that area. Somebody yeah, he lot Lat- Somebody was at Louisiana Tech's Pro Day today. So big props to Patrick Laban. But um, we got all we need to know on Jalen Ferguson, obviously, you know, because of the McDonald's incident, you know, only went to the Combine as a, you know, guy to be interviewed. Uh,
1: Right. So we don't, at least to this point, we don't have agility for him. Um, two seventy one. You know, this is the numbers that, uh, from Tony four and a half, one. Six four Yeah, and he ran a four seventy five. If you want to round that up to four eight, uh, that's fine. It's still good. Um, but that
0: was not the. And I will say from Patrick, that was not the consensus on the forty. And this is where I'm getting to this. Right. So and some people had him, mis- I think four eight like, three, two, three. Yeah. Four eight yeah. three. Yeah. I mean, so this is what I'm saying. If you can, if you're at the combine. Get your shit done there, guys, because everybody there... Nobody's questioning the combine, the pro days, and this is what happens, especially when you get groupthink into establishing a number on what is your resume.
1: Right, so he had that, He had a a 118-inch broad jump, uh, which is very good. 9-9, yep. And and a 32-inch vert, which is fine, not great. Um, If you want to... Again, we need the agility, but if you want to go... Head to head with Nick Bosa, his he, he's virtually identical to this point. Um, Bosa had a better vert, uh, not quite as good broad jump, and and they had basically the same forty. Now Bosa and Jalen has,
0: Ferguson also has an inch on him, though, right? Because Bosa was under six. Yeah. Right? yeah,
1: and 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 Bosa, I think he was two sixty six or something like that. But in any case, uh, Bosa has the advantage. We know his agility numbers; uh, they were more than good enough. Um, if assuming Ferguson doesn't handle like a rusty shopping cart, um,
0: but you're not going to get the, the, you're not going to get solid agility numbers when Alabama pro day is going on, Penn state's pro day is going on. You're not going to get that from Louisiana tech. We're not going to get that. The numbers will always be skewed and flawed.
1: Right. Um, sure. And you know, those are the numbers that tend to come out the latest anyway. Um, just by virtue of how this thing works, but, Uh, if you want to make the case for Jalen Ferguson in the first round, you can. Uh, His production is out of this world um, and all that. The only thing that hurts him is the field. Um, There are just so many guys, Um, you know, Brian Burns, you know, had a, had a fantastic workout, has fantastic production and played in a, a more difficult level of competition in the ACC. Jalen Ferguson, not quite as athletic as, as those guys, and like Montez Sweat and guys like that um, has all the production. So, again, you can make the case, but he's probably more likely to go in that top 50 pick area. Um, so we shall see uh, where, what that happens. But now he, he does potentially end up as somebody who could be in the in the mix of that 49th pick. And, and if the Browns, you know, do move on, you know, if they do ultimately trade somebody like Emmanuel Agba, they – they trade away the gem that is Chad Thomas, or something along that line, and they want, <laughs> you know, they they want Olivier Vernon, Miles Garrett. They've still got uh, Chris Smith, who can play up and down the line a little bit. Um, you still have Jannard Avery, but if you want one more guy who can ultimately, you know, be a full service type defensive end, Jalen Ferg- Ferguson is tremendous and would certainly bolster that group, uh, esp- you know, giving them more ability to say, hey, Miles. There's the shitty guy. You go line up over him. We're going to put another guy on the outside, you know, that's faster. So, yeah, yeah, certainly overshadowed by a lot of what happened today. Uh, Jalen Ferguson had a fine day, just did not have the spectacular day that sort of would have, you know, made him the story.
0: Uh, I agree. Everything about him, look, the measurement was perfect, you know, in which we knew, obviously, you know, senior bowl guy. Um, the jumps, you know, the vert, you would have hoped for a little bit better. The broad was fine. I mean, when you're out jumping a running back, that's a good thing, guys. Uh, you know, the production is there in spades. I don't know if he's going to be a first-round guy at this point. Maybe he will be, though, because nobody knows the way the skill positions are going to play out. You know, maybe there's two tight ends. Um, right now, I'll say there's going to be no running backs. The quarterbacks, we'll see how that weighs in. So... It, he, Jalen Ferguson, good player, but I don't know if, and even if he's there at 49, I, I still don't know, Browns-wise, if that's your biggest need. Um, Still interior, you know, obviously linebacker, you know, safety, maybe a corner.
1: No, it's, it would be a 100% a talent play where you're just saying, this guy is too goddamn yep. good, we're going to My take- dude.
0: And yep. I, I'm banking on the fact that there's 45-plus career sacks and the all-time, you know, and that's it. So, you know, and, it, you know, Chris Smith, you know, it would probably affect him and stuff like that. But, you know, this would be going mass, mass, and I am building an absolute disgusting defensive line. The but Eagles,
1: to me, are the model. that That is absolutely where this appears to be headed. I hope it's heading there, and that would be oh, we oh,
0: We know we want this because, I yes. mean, the way we figure this, if it's going to be a 12, 13, 14-win team, it's going to be about defensive line play. That's where you're going to need to go because it's going to be nickel and dime uh, Mid second quarter going on, it'll be right. similar to the two Bengal games.
1: Right, I want I want Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett not not uh, gasping in the fourth quarter. I want them smiling. That's that's the goal here. You want those two guys in the fourth quarter uh, where you have an opportunity to close out the game to be able to go like, yeah, we got this. Whereas last year, too often, Miles Garrett is a genuine phenom. Too often was just gassed. Where he was there were plays where he. You know, he would go hard on one and then basically stop entirely on another. Or people were frustrated because he was out in some key situations because they just had to, you know, get get him out of there to put somebody else with, some, with a little more gas in the tank.
0: Well, if this goes the way we want, we want those Baker and Freddie moments where Miles can kind of sneak in and, yeah, the defense is on the field and Miles already got a baseball hat on because that day's work is done. Guys, the uh, Lockdown NFL Network on Instagram, on Twitter. If you're not following, please do. Um, everything's funneled from every NFL show. And now, for the last two weeks, um, the NFL side has done their biggest numbers, all shows combined. Um, we're not talking about regular season. We're not talking about Super Bowl. We're talking about off-season. The last two weeks, the Locked On NFL Network, me, and obviously all the 31, 31 other team-specific shows, the fantasy shows, the draft shows, you know, the Matt Williamson show. Just continuing to put out great content and everything is put out through both social media accounts, locked on NFL Net, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter. If you're not following, do me a huge favor and make sure you are now, please, guys. It means a lot. Pete, now we will get to and this was just absolutely insane. Happy Valley. Um and Pete, I I know you <laughs> You know, you say, you know what, a little bit of an Ohio State fan, but, you know, whatever. But Penn State, you keep driving this hammer down. And then you go look at the numbers from what went down today in Happy Valley. First things first, NFL Network, where were you today? You probably needed to be in Happy Valley. My God, Pete, these guys were numbers on numbers on numbers. And if you want the number one running back in this class, Pete, he may have. Worked out today, but it was not in Tuscaloosa. Right, Miles Sanders is the best back in this class, and and I've mentioned. Uh, this- I'll give a little nod to Henderson still. Ah, maybe it's you just saying the, the, his offensive line needed. And I go, but Daryl
1: Henderson's great. He's but great. I, I,
0: I'll go back to Emery Hunt's tweet today, and Emery Hunt's tweet was, "And guys, if you he's been on the show, and you know Pete, you know Pete and I, we know him well. Emery's a great guy. The difference with a guy like Daryl Henderson at Memphis is." Everybody in the building, their kid, the guy serving hot dogs, knew who was getting the ball. Nine yards per freaking carry. But this is not the moment for Dura Henderson. We'll go with Miles Sanders. But this is where you tell you there's better backs in this class.
1: Right. So, look, the biggest thing that hurts Miles Sanders is the existence of Saquon Barkley. Um, Miles Sanders is great. You watch a tape, you see some Saquon stuff on there. Not as big, not quite as fast. You know, Saquon Barkley physically is just absurd. Um, but it, it, like, that's the problem. It, 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 you look at Sa- what Saquon Barkley did last year, and and you never want to be the guy that follows the guy. Mm-hmm. He's completely overshadowed. But Miles Sanders was legitimately great, um, and, and has any number of moments where he just. Breaks a big one, makes a bunch of guys miss, shows some strength, and does all these things. Ends up in the end zone. He's a great athlete, and all of these things. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't take him in the first round, but I, I, I would absolutely, if I was a team in need of a running back, and I'm sitting there, at, you know, at the top of the second round, I would grab him in a heartbeat. If, if, if I need a back, he's got everything you want. He was incredibly productive. You know, even with Trace McSorley's senior season and all that, um, and all, all everything that came with that. Uh, and, and Penn State's offense largely ran through him, and, and they were very good. But, yes, don't get me wrong. I like – I when James Franklin was hired by Penn State, I was excited because I, I am one of those people that loves things that are good for the conference. I, 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 I dream and, and will hate Notre Dame until they join the Big Ten. I will wish nothing but bad things upon them because I want a world – where every goddamn week of Big Ten football is must-watch football, where Ohio State's playing Notre Dame, Wisconsin's playing Penn State, you know Michigan's playing Michigan State all in the same week, you know. And and to me, when James Franklin came in, it, it meant another potentially really good program. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has completely uh, screwed the pooch on this, and James <laughs> Franklin recruits the best athletes in the goddamn country, and I give them crap because. And you see it, and this is not new. If you look at their pro day numbers today, you'll look at their backup running back who's a better athlete than most every other running back in the country. They have a linebacker that did nothing for them, really, and he was one of the best athletes in the country. Last year, they had that kid, Troy Apke, who nobody even knew, really, uh, who ran like a 4-2. Their offensive linemen, who are largely not very good, are obscenely great athletes, so... This is why I shoot on Penn State because they have athletes upon athletes upon athletes.
0: They had a uh, safety today, Pete, who freaking performed off the of freaking charts. I asked you who he is, you're like, I'm not really sure. <laughs> right. Like this is this is why you give them yeah, you know, I
1: give them grief is because they've got athletes that are just off the chart. They, have SEC, is,
0: they have SEC athletes and cannot win the Big Ten. Yeah,
1: they
0: they have uh,
1: they have an, what has to be one of the best weight room programs in the country right now with the way they're able to develop these kids. Um, I hope it doesn't end up being a Maryland situation uh, of many years ago uh, where we find out that, you know, this is all artificial. But to this point, they just produced dudes who can, are athletic. Um, it's, you know, a question if they are great football players, but from uh, Sanders to the corner to tr- even the quarterback Trace McSorley, uh, all tremendously gifted athletes, and you're waiting for them to sort of really put it together um, and 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 actually be a great team. Uh, you know, they were they, the 2016 or whatever that the, they put it together but you know with all these athletes the last couple of years and Trace McSorley's senior year and 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 I, you know I don't think he's a great NFL quarterback but he was an outstanding college quarterback and they just they don't get enough out of what, what they have there
0: No they don't and um you know look for Miles Sanders uh you know the cornerback of away, he looked really good but the you know you see these guys blow up athletically and and these are guys now Pete, these guys these guys come to day three. Now, you're going to take guys with great production, no athletic ability, or you're going to look at these guys and say, well, can I get it out of them? And that's something you have to, you know, you see, you see these numbers of these guys, and it's great that there's now the AAF and there's going to be the XFL because some of these guys, you know, people are going to want to see what they got, and there's going to have to be an opportunity where they get to show it somehow on a professional level. But, I mean, you cannot walk away from these numbers. And first things first, God bless Penn State for what they did today. People put out the tweet, thank you. I mean, this is we're all looking for this. And you want to know what? If I'm Penn State with these numbers these guys did today? Oh, yeah, I'm it. flexing. My, I'm a, definitely flexing my muscle. That's a big
1: part of it, yes. Uh, schools that put out their numbers like this, incredibly helpful, as opposed to waiting for, you know, and, and we appreciate them immensely, uh, you know, like NFL Draft Scout, which I use quite a bit. Uh, and Tony Pauline and guys like that getting the numbers, and there's other places you are trying to get up. But but if the school just puts it out, it's, it just makes it immensely easier. But, yeah, it's 100% is Penn State basically flexing, going, yeah, we've got dudes. And we th- this is what we, we do at Penn State now is we can make guys into – Which
0: is so weird that- from the Penn State we grew up with.
1: <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, you, you're just a bunch of big white boxy guys from Western PA –
0: um his dad yeah. was a Penn Stater, his mom was a Penn yeah. Stater, and yeah, but now I mean it's you know they are literally you know SEC North. So
1: yeah, uh but yeah, so guys that you're gonna probably hear about people are gonna suddenly go back and watch their tape. Production sucks, but Cole Farmer is the linebacker. This dude is uh six one two twenty-eight, he ran a four-four eight, He ran a six eight seven three cone and a four-two-eight short shuttle. I mean, a 37 inch for 10 4 broad jump—that's just stupid. Um, for question
0: becomes, can he hit somebody?
1: Right, like, and, and honestly, you know, you—it's you, it, not even—you know—if you get to day three, like you mentioned, it's not even can he be a great linebacker? Is my God, can he at least give us something on special teams? Because yep. you know, clearly the dude's a missile. Uh, Kevin Givens is another great athlete, defensive tackle, undersized guy, didn't produce a ton. But he had a great day. Their offensive lineman had great. I mean, Trace McSorley is a really good athlete, and I, I, I mean, this is what they recruit. He almost know.
0: seems like a guy coming off of like, like a rotator cuff or something. It's you know he's you know he just he he just doesn't have the velocity. Other than that, you really like the guy,
1: right? And Penn State does not recruit quarterbacks who are not dual threat. They will specifically they're not interested. They get even they, they've, they have had, you know, it's getting ridiculous to where this, these things go where they have freshmen and sophomore and junior days at these schools. And they basically will have, you know, some immensely talented, you know, kids out of Texas who can't move. And they basically go, I'm sorry. We just, we just won't recruit you because that's, they always want to have a guy who can run the ball. Uh, but yeah, they, they just have a never ending flow of guys. I mean, uh, the backup running back, I had never heard of him until today, Jonathan Thomas, 5'11", 217, ran a 4'4". Could Six, you imagine eight.
0: being there for four years, getting zero run, and this is the type of athlete you are?
1: Meanwhile, your your other Big Ten schools, your schools like Pitt, your schools like you know specifically Rutgers, your sp- schools like Maryland, and you're sitting there going, we would do anything to get these type of athletes on our campus, and Penn State is so – good at this that they're basically saying you know we are this good we have this much talent the the guy like this doesn't even be on the field it's not like they 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 took this guy and said we are going to make you into a corner or we are going to make you into a safety they kept this dude a running back and he just really didn't do anything and he's coming out with this kind of athletic skill set and and you know they won't all get drafted but some of them will purely on Speculating on the athleticism and hoping they get stu- into these things, and yes, the AAF is great for this because there's a lot of these guys, especially their offensive linemen, who are really nice athletes that just need to keep repping and doing those other things. I think, uh, you know, personally, you know, I, I I'm not rooting against Trace McSorley by any stretch, but he's a guy who I would love to watch play in the AAF because he's just entertaining, and I think that'd be a great forum for him. Uh, to to be in this type of setup and and to produce. So, yeah, but you go back to last year. Penn State had the same thing. This is just who they are now. Uh, So long as James Franklin and that strength and conditioning program is there, they're going to have the exact same thing next year, and I'm going to keep hammering on them until they can actually become a real power as opposed to just occasionally being a pain in the ass of, of teams like Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State.
0: And uh, Penn State, could you do us a favor next year? Uh, schedule schedule your pro day, and you know let people know that it's been two years now where you guys have been testing through the roof, and make it a Penn State pro day. Um, you, know, it, you know, if the Mac schools want it, whatever. Um, well, that's the other
1: one is Toledo was today, and Toledo had a bunch of dudes, and they're they, you know I know you're uh, go ahead,
0: out. you're ready for Mac talk. go ahead. Well, I, no, it's just that like that's okay.
1: The, the the kid I'm interested in is uh, I saw a report uh, Kadar Holloman the corner who ran allegedly ran a four four but they have three receivers they have uh, Cody Thompson who's a really good player and then they have Deontay Johnson and then allegedly John Vay Johnson the other one ran four threes uh, and you know you're you're seeing all these numbers leak out now because that was basically the only time they could get any airtime is you know you are in a day where You've got uh, Alabama and Penn State and, and some of the other other schools the Toledo, which has obviously been a, a consistent power in, in the MAC, um, and even managed. I still don't know how they managed to convince Miami to play them in the in the uh, Glass Bowl, but uh, yeah, I mean they, they, it's another school that just consistently is able to produce talent. But uh, yeah, the guy I, I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, is the corner Kadar Holloman, uh very, very uh, pr- productive. And if he did run a 4-4 and has, uh, you know, the rest of his athleticism is along those lines, then he does become a D3 corner that people should keep an eye on. Uh,
0: and, look, it's actually shaping up, um, you know, everybody, you know, they talk to defensive tackles, they talk to edge rushers. The linebacker class tested very well. If you want to view the cornerback class as a whole, I don't think it's a bad class at all. I think there's guys anywhere... Up and down where there's, you know, if you want to put Lane up there with Byron Murphy and then work your way on back. I think the cornerback class is a very, very good class. Um, We've got some questions here, and this is one that's come up a couple times. Um, Howard Wilson, Pete, I think the issue here, and look, nobody wants to see a guy go through what he's gone through. But the tough spot he's got now with the Browns is who's he got in the building who's got his back? The only thing he's got right now is whether or not John Dorsey thought highly of him as a draft prospect. Um, look, I mean, I guess we'll get to, you know, the first initial round of OTAs, but it, it's tough. But, I mean, nobody wants to see this for any guy to never even get a chance to go to the plate, get a bat in his hands. But, I mean, yeah, he is fighting. I mean, he's fighting uphill, and he's fighting it up uphill hard.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, let's... Put it this way: Even if you know Sashi's still the building and those guys who drafted him, he still got an uphill battle. The injuries he suffered are awful. Um, you know, dislocated or, or, or fractured the kneecap the first year, mm-hmm. and then had another injury. It may have been the same leg, may have been the other leg. Another significant injury. He never, you know, he never even got to camp. He got to minicamp and done both years. Uh, Did not get to, uh, you know, has never been anywhere near a preseason game. So with him, it's is he ever going to play in the NFL at all? Uh, Or is he going to be able to play professional football at all? Like, again, this is where you look at a a program like the AAF and that might be a scenario for Howard Wilson where he may be able to get out there and play because I don't, expect you know teams are going to be running running to the waiver wire if if he gets out there that suddenly you know they're going to want to pick him up two years removed from when they drafted him with a couple injuries it you know i i didn't love him as a prospect coming out That's more of a slot guy um but it was always sort of let you know let's see what he does and then he has the injury and it was now it's a year deferred he has another injury we're two years away from you know him even being a factor so I don't think Dorsey or anyone in that building is operating, uh, you know, under the assumption that we're not going to do something because Howard Wilson's in the building. Um, you know, certainly I, I would hope that he gets to go out there for minicamp and stuff like that uh, to see what he can do and to let him sort of hopefully walk off the field under his own power and and be able to if he wants to continue with football be able to do it and and maybe he surprises but it's just the odds are super long and and especially in a group where you know w- with resigning uh the corner philip Gaines, you know we're talking about fourth and fifth corners already uh, and 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 hoping to get more than an unknown to the point where even though it would be the fourth potentially of a, a fourth or fifth corner it's still a real possibility that they could take you know, that guy at 49, just because that's how important the position is. That's how, uh, you know, the, the NFL is, is putting these guys in, in situations where you, you need to be able to defend the pass to the point where it's more valuable than being able to defend the run. And you'll do anything to have any, uh, the amount of guys. And last year showed as as injury free as the Browns were relatively, that they did lose Terrence Mitchell for half the season, and they did lose uh, EJ Gaines for the entire you know the entirety of the season. And that you know and, somebody and,
0: reported that I don't know who that was, but we we'll never you know he never got the due for it. But that's okay. Um,
1: and then uh, Denzel Ward you know, miss miss time that they did have to do a little bit of a balancing act with corner. It's, you know, it's one of those positions you just can't have enough of. And in the other part of this, it's not like the Browns ran out and immediately scooped up Simeon Thomas after last year when they drafted him and didn't keep him. You know, they, they, they there are certainly other guys that are probably going to get bites of the apple uh, before Howard Wilson does.
0: Well, and the other thing was, I mean, and you look at a guy like Xavier Thomas, who was, you know, very minimal reps at the cornerback position. Guy was a stud special teams player. And guys, I, I've I've mentioned this a bunch of times when we get we were late in the summer last year. You know, oh, oh, well, oh, Jeff Janis. Oh, we well, keep Jeff Janis. He's a great gunner. The hell do you need a gunner for? You were an zero sixteen team. Now with serious expectations. And a guy like Tavier Thomas, and guys, you know, I speak with Tavier, He ended up having a hernia. He played through it, had hernia surgery when the season was over. And this was a guy Dorsey brought in over Labor Day weekend, you know, over the you know, the final cuts and those additions. Played great on special teams. So here's a guy you may lean on. It seems like the guy they like. And this goes to another question of, you know, uh, one name of the, was brought up, you know, Gary and Conley and Xavier Rhodes. Guys, the the trade market for the Browns, Pete. That's the big market. the The big trade market is over because right now you don't have the assets to go trade for a guy like Xavier Rhodes and Gary and Conley. I think Gruden kind of did the, yeah, let's float his name out on the market, light a fire under his ass. But the kid played a lot better afterwards. And Xavier Rhodes, if Minnesota wants to get rid of him, that's Minnesota's issue. <laughs>
1: Right, I mean, Minnesota in particular is trying to be a contender here, They and he's their best corner. Um, they're not... The, the guy who was floated at one point, I don't know if it's... By the way, did you, a see the t-
0: did you see the tweet where Justin Lane tested similar to Xavier Rhodes, Jalen yes. Ramsey? Oh, yeah, that was a yes. nice one, right? That was uh,
1: good. Yeah, it, it, what, three other guys and him, so yeah. Um,
0: Pat on the back, Pete, for both of us.
1: But, uh, yeah, so... The guy who was floated, and I don't know how much credibility there was, was Trey Waynes um, out of of Minnesota, and even that... But
0: even still, he's a light-in-the-ass cornerback. Yes. Do you want that to be your duo? We've talked about this.
1: But if you're trading from contending teams, you're not giving them away, whereas Xavier and Howard, you certainly can knock on that door with the Dolphins. They're looking to basically sell anything that's not nailed down. Um,
0: they signed Fitz. Come on now, Pete. Fitz Magic, uh, baby.
1: Yes. So the trade market is interesting. The trade market is interesting for a couple reasons. They can certainly trade now, uh, and they can trade, you know, in and around the draft if they want to. The other thing they can do and might be more realistic is they wait, they draft. And then they get the next year's picks and then they maybe use like a, you know, a fifth round pick to pick up a veteran of some sort, Um, you know, late in the camp or something, uh, you know, a team has totally just decided they're done or whatever reason. And they pick up a guy, you know, basically somebody who's useful, not Carlos Hyde. Um, <laughs> like the Patriots do. I mean, that's a market in you know that's a market they've sort of really taken advantage of is being able to take like a a, a day three pick, trade it to a team. And the Browns have you know at, at the time it was very useful for them. Is you know their trade in in the case of uh, uh, what's his face, one of the twins, uh, corner they traded who helps and Danny Shelton. You know those are guys that helped them. Yeah, Jason McCordy and Danny Shelton. Day three picks. One was a seventh rounder. Uh, one was a, you know the fifth round or the fifth rounder in exchange to move up to the third round. Um, that helped them win the Super Bowl. You know that's that's a good market to tap into for a team like the Browns. Now, um, you know you find a team in Miami. Obviously, stands out. Certainly, I you know if they do move on from Emmanuel Og, but the guy that interests me immediately is is Robert Quinn. Um, as a guy who comes in for a year and just goes and kills the quarterback. Uh, so I, I do think, you know, as much as the tr- trades are still in play um, within reason because they can't, you know, t- trade for another massive contract and, and try to keep all these guys. Uh, but I, I do think even if they don't trade in and around the draft, that there will be another opportunity where they get that next set of picks. To get close to the uh, regular season, and and they they have a guy that they feel like could help them, or you know this could be a year where the Browns actually do make a trade, potentially at the trade deadline to get in another body. Uh, you know they find somebody's got a veteran corner that's that's you know not going to help them anywhere. The Browns lose somebody for a, a period of time and they want to make a, a, a move for a, a day three pick and get a little extra, another body in there for a little while or something along those lines.
0: Yeah, I mean, guys, this is actually something I had the idea today. We're, we're going to start going, you know, current positional groups here. You know, uh, we'll maybe start with that with the next week. Um, the, the one I want to close with here, and, you know, Dale Harris has been fantastic here as, you know, a, a guy who's. You know, uh, contributed great questions to the show, and I know he's a loyal listener. So, Dale, thank you for that. Um, day three White House. Uh, Jazz Ferguson, uh, Jalen Hurd, Keelan Doss, all interesting names, Pete. And, look, I mean, I- I'd be interested if all of these guys make it to day three, sure, but um, pick a flavor here. Which one do you like?
1: Uh, I like... Keelan Doss, uh, they they're another one that had their pro day today. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't remember if he tested at all or if he was even invited to the combine. Um, so those numbers may squeak out. But you know, one of the kids that I'm interested in, and I I'll tell you flat out, I've not seen any tape of him because uh, he he went to Malone. Is Ashton Dullin? Yep. Uh,
0: the end Justice, of that program. boy Justice I would like very much. Yep. I would like
1: very much if a program that no longer functions would, you know, spit out all the tape of this kid, but you know, he's a 6'1", 215 hundred and fifteen pound kid that ran a four four three jumped thirty eight inches and it had a broad of one twenty one and, and a bunch of other crazy numbers that was really productive for them at a at a program that has not done any winning. Uh Stan, stanley morgan jr is obviously a guy i've been really high on and the other guy that will be interesting in light of his sports hernia is emmanuel hall out of missouri uh explosive explosive players productions good not great but freaky in that he had a 439 at 201 pounds 141 inch broad jump 43.5 inch vertical and evidently was stopped uh you know, it wasn't allowed to do his agility stuff because they found a sport tourney it. So I don't know if he was, like, in immense pain as he's doing these incredible <laughs> numbers, but, you know, that becomes a situation where, it, you know, Then this happened with Corey Coleman, when, his rookie year, is, yep.
0: is, is that it's not... Born a garden thing pure, yep.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not one of those things you want to deal with going into your rookie season where you have expectations, but the Browns are in a situation where... Obviously, they don't need a receiver to come in and produce right away, um, right off the shoot. They can they can ease a guy in and, and, and let him get fully covered, and that's an area of the body that, like, especially those type of positions where you want to be able to do quick twitch things, you have to be right in your core and all the in your hips and all that where you're not feeling discomfort and you're not second guessing it. So he becomes interesting. Um, there, there's a bunch of guys that just haven't. Had the opportunity to test because they're you know the smaller school guys. Jess Ferguson, you know, on day three, I totally get it. I don't love his agility, but he's a monstrously huge human being that uh, can obvious that obviously dominated at Northwestern State. Uh, he could
0: maybe their give you a is- little of pyramiding.
1: Right, uh, certainly that's that's immediately what stands out to you is he's six five and he can run a straight line really far. Um, <laughs> their pro days tomorrow. I'll be curious if he tries to retest those things um, or not, or if he just stands and, and, and is basically content to do it. But, yeah, I mean, Jazz Ferguson, and the other thing you have to vet with him is how he ended up in Northwestern State, uh, was initially, I believe, an LSU recruit, uh, somewhere Chief, in the SEC anyway.
0: Chief and Chong-like. Uh,
1: that you have to figure out why you, know, why you end up you know, not producing at LSU or, or the SEC or whatever, and you have to do your producing at Northwestern State. Is that something that's a deal breaker? Um, you know, not because here. yeah, because this is the type of guy that should, you know, obviously sh- was a four-star recruit coming out was a very big deal. So it wasn't a surprise that he tested well. It's a question of why, you know, why couldn't he keep it together? Why, you know, he didn't get to do it on that level.
0: Um, for the names uh, Dale mentioned, um, I'll go with Jalen Hurd. Um, and, look, he went to Baylor to become a wide receiver. They still use him as a running back. Um, you know, Not a return guy like Corderell, uh, Corderell Patterson, but can give you that type of stuff. And, you know, if he ended up in a pinch or if he just wanted to do something different, Jalen Hurd can take some carries. Uh, so, you know, and still learning the wide receiver position. Um, I, I I don't know if any of these names, whether it's Jazz, Jalen, Keelan Das, I don't know if I'm going to take the, you know, I don't know if they tickle my fancy more than letting Damian Ratley and Derek Willies, these guys are often forgotten, but, you know, giving them a year two, and look, this is where Baker comes into play. I mean, they have a little bit of relationship. But since Pete went a little rogue here on this question, I will give you a day three or maybe the UFA delight. Reggie White from my alma mater, Monmouth University, production off the charts. March 26 will be his pro day. We're gonna get officials on him. Six uh, two and change, two ten. Uh, speed within his conference in the Big South. One, uh, uh, you know, F, uh, FCS, not FBS, FCS but with Monmouth. But there's just a name there that you can go with there and. And this may be where this goes. You know, you're gonna have to do a little cultivating, you're gonna have to do a little mining for the Browns because and the other thing is, Pete, I don't know how much room there is here when you're talking about a finalized fifty-three. There's a lot of guys already in-house. And once you start drafting and, you know, I mean UFAs, I mean I mean UDFAs, I don't know where this is gonna fit in. Uh
1: yeah, it's it's one of those things where look, there are going to be draft picks that don't make this roster. That's where they're at. Um, you have to be okay with the idea that taking a guy in the fifth round may not make this team. Um, a guy in the you know, a guy in the third round shouldn't have made it last year.
0: Um, no. And guys, anybody, you know, and look, he better be DJing by Liberty Day weekend in, in September because there's no room. <laughs> there's just none. But uh, he's, yeah, he's a tweener and he's not good.
1: So you have to be willing to accept the possibility that this guy may not make the team, and 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 accept that that actually makes you a better football team. Uh, certainly, you don't want to draft a bum uh, that that can't help you, uh, despite going to the University of Miami and not being worth shit. That's um, not
0: that's not a good that, that's not that's not like a selling point anymore that you went to Miami though.
1: Right. Well, that's true, but. You you have to be willing to go with the competition angle and get better. And and the guy I forgot to mention who works out on the twenty eighth is my guy, uh, the blessed one, Elimidze uh, Zacchaeus uh, And I'm waiting on this one uh, to see if you know if we're all insane and this guy just tests like shit, and that's why he didn't get any you know All Star Game invites or anything else, or if he's you know another guy that had no business going uh, you know going unnoticed this long.
0: Well, and here's another one though. With UVA, Pete is a big one Thornhill fan, but guys, there is, and look, we love Justin Lane, and that may be way off the charts now. And we, uh, there may be something, and this is something you do, you know, and we've talked about we talked about it last night. If I can't get this guy, there may be a UVA defensive back who, oh yeah, is similar, and and uh, you know, me and Pete discussed this a little bit today. We'll see how that works out when the uh, program I, comes
1: I, I, I would love to ask him why he stayed because he would look primed to be an absolute stud in this draft class. Uh, but, yeah, so willing to accept that the possibility that, you know, one of these guys may not make the team. The thing that you mentioned that's interesting is if they draft uh, Jalen Hurd, that uh, might foreshadow – potentially a willingness to move on from Jarvis Landry and you know I know people are gonna go oh you hate Jarvis Landry but that's what he, that
0: that's what he's Jaylen here Hurd for 19 we'll, but, right look, but, I mean, we'll is, just see what happens after that right but that
1: I mean that is literally what Jalen hurt's job would be he would come in to be a power slot like and, and he he's an yeah he's an intriguing player in that but you're not drafting a guy if, if you add a guy like Jalen Hurd, it is not to move him out wide. It is to put him inside and let him be a massive problem uh, on that, and it's ultimately to again he'd have to make the team at that point. uh, But if he does and he's impressive, then you know he becomes the heir apparent and basically makes it so it's okay to move on that uh, move on there. So if they do draft a receiver, you know it'll be interesting. This this class to this point doesn't have a lot of. Super pure slots. A lot of these guys are very uh, interchangeable in terms of boundary versus slot. Well, that's t- what
0: happens because like a- everybody looks at Andy Isabella and they just think slot. No, that's a waste of that kid's talents.
1: Right, and 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 he talked about it um, at 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 the combine that you know it, it was a little bit of an adjustment for him at the Senior Bowl to play in the slot because he hadn't done it. Uh, he was. In outside Forty-seven
0: receiver. and a half percent of UMass's passing production was Andy Isabella. That's not bad.
1: Um, that is that's the best that's in the like,
0: Jim Colburn's <laughs> over there burning up a calculator right now, putting that through.
1: Yeah, that's that's that was the best in the nation. Um, I, there may have been one guy who's better at some smaller school, but yeah, it, it's the same with a guy like Zacchaeus. I don't think he's only a slot, although he could be a slot. I don't think it's I don't think Penny Hart is a pure slot, even though they're short. If you've got the speed and you've got size inside, like the Browns do with a guy like David Njoku, you can do what you know teams like the Colts do with T.Y. Hilton, who is eerily similar in terms of body dimensions. Now, you know people are quick to point out, and not wrongly, that T.Y. Hilton had bigger hands, but just pure body dimensions and speed, he and Isabella are basically identical. And uh, obviously we will wait to see what happens with T.Y. Hilton, but he's another guy in that mold who's 5'8", you know, blazing speed, freakishly uh, gifted, more so even than Isabella is, uh, that they are – you you aren't afraid to put those guys on the outside because you're basically saying nobody can cover this guy. Why would I be afraid to put him out there? Uh, that, yeah, that, that I don't think this draft – to this point, that could change. Certainly, small school guys uh, with with deferred athleticism come out a little bit later because you're looking. You're not necessarily looking for raw speed. You're looking more in those pure agility uh, dr- things. But like even a guy like Cody Thompson from Toledo, who, who's a guy you would go. He's kind of a slot, but he even has four, five, seven speed. Like you're not probably wanting to put him out on the on the boundary too much, but. It's not like he can't do it. You're looking at guys like uh, the kid from Clemson who looks like, you know, a 14-year-old kid, uh, Hunter Renfro. Like, he's, he's a slot guy. Like, those type of guys, uh, I don't know if this class has a ton of them, but that is definitely where Jalen Hurd falls in, Or some of these tight ends, you may say, are more of a power slot.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and that's it, guys. Um, we brought you a ton here today. We're going to continue to get through it through this week. Um, obviously as we said, you know, yesterday, it's a big week pro day-wise. Um, we enjoy this. Um, this is the fun part for me and Pete. Um, we now we get confirmation. You know, it's you know either we're not talking about you anymore or wow, you've stepped up here in the process. Um, guys, Pete Smith, uh, follow him at underscore Pete Smith underscore read all the work over at NFL Spends on the Lockdown Browns Twitter account. It's always kept as a follow-back account. Um, I know a lot of you listeners are older and you don't want to get involved in involve with t- Twitter nonsense. I understand. Any questions, send a DM over to the on Browns Twitter account. Um, me personally, at Jeff underscore.
1: Big day tomorrow.
0: We got tomorrow, Pete. Line it up. Let everybody know.
1: Well, look. listen. Who's, who's Notre Dame? Who's our guy? We both want to see Tavon Coney.
0: Uh, oh, I thought, we try, I, I thought you were going to try to throw Boykin on me. Come on now.
1: Well, he's you know, Notre Dame. Certainly, he's not going to test anything. He, but, yeah, you know. he
0: better be there, handing out handshakes and.
1: <laughs> uh, Boston College has a, a ton of guys that are going to be out there. Obviously, Ohio State is a big deal. Um, maybe not as big as in past years, just because a lot of those guys have already sort of been there, done that. Paris Campbell's obviously not going to do anything and, again. And if we talk uh, about
0: anything here, Draymond Jones, this is right, where this now. Becomes- you are a guy stressing, trying to get where you need to be.
1: Right, presumably, I, I, you know, if he if he stands on everything, it's over. Like you, you <laughs> know, like if he's basically saying he's satisfied, then he basically is uh, Al- Alfonso Washington from a few years ago, and we'll uh,
0: take Michael Dogbay over.
1: Right. Uh, well, I'm already there. He's got yes. a lot to prove tomorrow, uh, and Dogbay produces better. But it is a big day for those guys. Pitt tomorrow, USC tomorrow, our guy at Wake Forest uh
0: dorch we need something greg greg we need something
1: greg dorch for the big opportunity georgia tomorrow uh a lot of guys who are probably trying to fix things um other than mccall hartman who's who's good uh i you know it's a big like to i have i said on twitter last night i i don't think it's wrong that tomorrow uh is at baylor's tomorrow that's jalen hurt obviously um that it's better work out yeah, it's basically like the New Year's New Year's Day bowl lineup of Pro Days in terms of just there is no shortage of guys who are out there at every program, uh, SEC, Big Ten, Big, big, big 12, 12 uh, the ACC, and Pac-12 are all represented tomorrow. So you've got everybody. As big as today was with Alabama and Penn State and, and Jalen Ferguson, tomorrow is basically twice the size. Uh, and this week just keeps on going.
0: And this makes it a fun week. Uh, so, guys, like I said, and follow me at uh, Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, this is Ben, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Before we close it, um, guys, this is fun. This is the fun part. This is the checking the boxes, the X's and O's. Um, Alabama wants to throw a couple guys out there on April 2nd. Um, owners meetings are coming, and this is where most of the stuff is established, and the board whatever. I mean, you know, if those guys want to, you know, try to rewrite the wrongs on April 2nd, but it may be too late at that point. I mean, by April, this stuff is, you know, in ink, in Sharpie. It's done. Um, but we'll have tomorrow and look, you know, as Pete just told you, it's going to be bananas. Um, so we'll have a lot for you guys tomorrow. Um, keep feeding the questions, anything you want. This is Ben, the Daily Delivery of All Things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. Thank <laughs> you.